Very, very good to worship together. We bless His Word. We ask the help of the Holy Spirit in everything that we do. You know, I want to... I want to somehow, you know, start, I think, it's going to be a beginning of something for us. But one thing that we talked about last week was, you know, and I, I gave you some assignments, John 14, 15, 16, 17, Ephesians 4, and Romans 8. And, and the heart behind all of this is the importance of us developing a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, if we would take the time to read John 14 through 17, we would read Jesus saying, telling the disciples, I'm not going to leave you orphans. It's better for you that I go. Because if I don't go, the helper, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth cannot come. So it, it is very hard for us to understand, especially if, if you were one of the disciples there following Jesus for three and a half years, it would not make any sense for them that it would be better for them. You know, but in, in Numbers 11... 17, we, we see a picture of something that was happening and Moses was the only one dealing with all the problems of Israel in the desert. And his father-in-law came to him saying, this is insane. You cannot do this for thousands and millions of people. And then this is what it says here. And this is God speaking to Moses. Then I will come down and speak with you there. And I will take of the spirit who is upon you. And will put him upon them. So what Jesus was saying is, here is that you're not going to be limited to be one person. One son of God. But I'm going to take the spirit that's upon you. And I'm going to pour on everybody. So this is what Jesus was saying. It is better for you that I go because then the spirit, the glory that I have received, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give the same spirit that's in me from the Father. Remember that Christ was baptized in the Jordan River and the spirit came upon him as a dove and remained. And in, in Another place says, and God gave him the spirit without measure. So, if you think that your life is a mess, that's the perfect atmosphere for the Holy Spirit. You know, if you know Romans 7 and Romans 8, you know, and I encourage you to go review that later, you know, Romans 7 is 
Paul saying, oh my God, wretched man that I am. You know, how can I do this by myself? Romans 8 starts, there is now therefore no condemnation. What is Romans 8 all about? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes the mess that we are, not to condemn us, but to recreate us. He, he loves taking chaos and doing a new creation. The earth, Genesis 1-2, was formless and void. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, there he is, was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. One thing that is, I want us to understand is that God is not, like I said before, is not impressed by what we are not. He's not impressed by our sins, our past, our mistakes. But he's willing and he's giving us this person that will guide us through this. Self-condemnation, Romans 7, is a life without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes not to condemn, but to deliver, to recreate. So to me, I don't know even where I, I, I'm going to start this. <laughs> I know I, I'm already going. I'm going to start with Ephesians 4. Is that okay? Yeah. And I'm going to skip the first part. And I'm going to read this. It is important that we understand here that here it is. Verse 8, that's why I'm living, uh, reading in the New Living Translation. That's why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Okay, gifts. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are described here and other places also. But in, in Ephesians 4, he's saying, he gave gifts. Now, these are the gifts of Christ. Verse 11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church. This is a little different translation. I, I want to emphasize this a little bit because I think that this is where a lot of times we got things wrong. And we made these gifts the importance. And here they, he is saying, in the, I love this transla translation because of this, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work the gifts of God in the foundational ministries are to equip me and you, all of us, to become channels of the same Spirit. This will continue until we all come to such unity 
in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be mature like children. And I want to continue this here, because like we, we, we just talked about earlier this morning, John 17 is a prayer of Christ praying to the Father about what needed to happen with his disciples. And very, if you highlight, go back and read that again and highlight just like the key words. And one of the things that he's saying there is, I pray that they may be one. That they may be made perfect in oneness, in unity. And Christ said, all the, the law and the prophets can be summarized in one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right? And then you can have all of these other things, but he's not praying for you to go to church. He's not praying for, for you to be good. He's not praying for you not to do this or not to do that. He's praying that they will be filled with the Spirit and they're going to become one. That the world may believe. This, to me, is very important because let's continue reading here in Ephesians 4. Then we will no longer be mature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about, about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, pay attention to this. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. What is the whole point of the, the Holy Spirit or the gift of God is that you grow more and more like Christ. Who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now listen to this. Now something practical here. <laughs> you know, that's one of the comments that we heard a few months ago. Like, let's make... Sunday mornings more practical. Do you want it practical? Okay. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do. Okay? Are you guys ready? Start your list. Because we're going to get to verse 30. For they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that's not what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned 
the truth that comes from Him. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by the lust and deception. Instead, you cannot do this by yourself. Don't even try. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. We cannot do this. I cannot. I've tried before. And every time I try, I fail. So that's why to me, this, the prayer and those four chapters of John are so important for us because if I, I am feeling hopeless, like an orphan, it's because I, I need to develop a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because I believe that what Jesus said is right and is true. It is better for you, me, you that I go. Because I'm going to give you the, this person that will help you to get through this. But if you get, keep trying to do this by yourself, you're, you're going to fail every time. You're going to stick to Romans 7 and never get to Romans 8. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we all, we're all part of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. So, listen. Why was Paul writing this to the Ephesians? Because they need it. So this letter was written shortly before Paul was killed in a Roman prison. In a prison thinking about this little church in Ephesus. Ephesus was a big city, a big center. A lot of Greek gods, a lot of idolatry, a lot of life, right? Like any big city today. And he was writing to these people, say, do not be any more like the Gentiles, because you're not learning that from Christ. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the gifts. You have the apostles, prophets. They're all there to equip you. To live a different life. If you're a thief, quit stealing. <laughs> Instead, use your hand for good hard work. And then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything that you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. I think that that's practical, right? Pretty straightforward. Paul is just saying, hey guys, do you want to know what the proof of the Holy Spirit 
and you, that you're being equipped is that you're going to change. Everything's going to change. The New American Standard Version. Let no unwholesome word proceed from their mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who, are to, who hear you. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. First of all, we have to understand him not as a tool that we use. It's not like a vending machine. You know, that you, you say some nice words and you get what you want. But it is like a person, you know, that can be grieved, can feel sorrow. Why sorrow? Because like, hey, I am the stamp, I am the mark that you've been bought by the price of Jesus. You were sealed, right? This is what he's saying here. You're sealed. You have a stamp that you belong to Christ because he paid the price. But now when you do not listen, when you do these things, you're grieving the Holy Spirit because you're not living according to what you were bought to live for. Is that okay? I bless this for us because, Lord, how can I walk with you and not trust in you? And how can I, I really take your words, your last words, kind of the last words, before his crucifixion? Let's go through a little bit of John 14.2 In my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father but through me. Verse 6 If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 15. 16. I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper, that He may be with you forever. It doesn't matter where you are, how you feel. It doesn't matter how you feel like you made mistakes. <laughs> you know, we were having this conversation this morning, and it, it, like, we, you know, like, we always go like, we, we shouldn't have done this, or we did this wrong. Right? And then, if we stop there, it is our attempt to fix everything on our own. I'm going to fix it. You know, how can I go back and do it right? The Holy Spirit comes and says, yeah, I know you did this, but here's the blood. Here's this seal. You have been sealed. You have been washed. And I'm here to recreate you. You're not going to live in your past because your past has been taken care of. That's why you're born again. You're born again to start a whole new life. 
But I cannot start this whole new life without the help of the helper. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. That he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be with you. So I don't want this to be, please, just a teaching and technical. And now, you know, you're putting all these verses together. That's not it. What I'm asking you to do is wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. That's it. Holy Spirit, can you come to work with me? Start there. Holy Spirit, can you tell me who I am? Holy Spirit, can you tell me what do you want me to do today? Don't make it hard and don't make it complicated. You know, because we do not know, Romans 8 talks about, we do not even know how to pray. But it is the, it's going to be the Holy Spirit in us praying. Do you know why God did this? So that he would be the only one to be glorified. Nobody's going to be able to get this done without the Holy Spirit. You can get a lot of things done. That's scary. Didn't we do many mighty works in your name? Heal the sick, cast out demons. And then he said, yeah, but I, I never knew you. Because he wants the relationship. And I think that this is where the Lord is leading us. We are in the age of the Holy Spirit. And the same prayer that Christ prayed 2,000 years ago, I think it's valid today, and I, I need to read that. It's like, okay, how do I walk in this? How do I align myself to what you want me to be living now? Let's find some other ones here. The Helper, verse 26, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, but I don't know. I don't know how to read the Bible. I don't know what to do, about, how to think about this situation. Here's the answer for that. I will not speak much more with you. Verse 30. For the ruler of this world is coming. He has nothing in me. But, so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. This is our example from the Son here. Because I love the Father, I do exactly what He commanded me. Abiding me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. This again, how do we abide in Him? Except by the Holy Spirit. We will continue on this. Like I said, you know, we, we cannot cover this. There's so much more in all of this. But we ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead us. We are in a time of transition. And we're, I am looking to the Lord. Lord, how are we going to move forward? How can we be led by your Holy Spirit. That's the whole thing about Romans 8. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. 
And we, we, have, we have been born again, but he's talking about a spirit of adoption, a spirit of, that comes, Ephesians 4 again, to bring us to a maturity. That you're not moved anymore by what people do, people say, you know, new doctrines or old doctrines. You're moved by the Holy Spirit, and that's what we want. So I bless us this week that we continue. If you need to go back and read these chapters again, I bless you to go back and say, Lord, Holy Spirit, what does it mean for me today? You know, how, how can I be a better husband? How can I be a better father? How can I be a better worker? A better, you know, how do you want me to be a light in this island. We are not going to try this anymore in ourselves. You know, I, I, I wrote down this this morning. Religion will have you focus on what you need to do, what you are and what you are not, what you need to change, what man can do. The love of God will lead you to focus on who He is and what He can do in you and through you. The first is selfish, self-centered. The second is God-centered. He's not impressed by who you are, why all your mistakes. We think it's a big deal, right? Oh my God, I did this. And God say, I knew it way before you did it. But even before you did it, I already had a, a solution for the problem. Here. The helper is here for you. He's not impressed about your problems. He knows everything about them. Lord, lead us to know your love through the Holy Spirit. We bless this. Amen.